The two de Gras said nothing, but their eyes gleamed and their steps rang ominously on the sidewalk. When they arrived at Miss Aspinwall's house, they halted. As the hour for retirement had long passed, they expected to find the premises darkened and the gates closed, and they were not disappointed. Nowhere, in house or grounds, was there any light visible. All was dark and all was quiet. What shall we do? queried Mr. de Gras of Cleveland. We have scarcely excuse enough for arousing the house, and yet I have already matured my plan, interposed Mr. Grice firmly. We must arouse the house, at least sufficiently to procure ourselves an interview with Miss Aspinwall. If, and here he turned to the artist, Mr. de Gras thinks he can send her a message without unduly alarming her, let him do so. As the servants know him, it will, perhaps, be better for him to show his face at the door than for us. What do you think, sir? That it will be well enough for me to try, was the artist's rejoinder. If James comes to the door, we are all right. He is discreet and will indulge in no unnecessary remarks. But if it is one of the other servants, I cannot promise as much. There is always risk in everything, remarked Mr. Grice. Ring, and let us hope that it will be James who answers the summons. The artist obeyed, giving that sharp double ring which always suggests a telegram, while Mr. Grice improved the opportunity to post his remaining companions in positions he thought best calculated to command a full view of the house, placing Mr. de Gras in a cluster of trees near the front door, and Bird in an arbor that overlooked both the back of the house and that side of it containing, as he had been told, the room occupied by Miss Rogers. He himself intended to accompany the artist, if they were so fortunate as to gain an entrance at this late hour. The summons, which had sounded only too loud and shrill, brought more than one head to the windows above, but when the door was opened, it was James they saw, and to him Mr. de Gras found it possible to say, Don't be alarmed, James. I do not want to disturb the house, but I have a message for Miss Aspinwall that will not keep till morning. Will you ask her to come down? The servant, who had been valet to his mistress's father, bowed without a shade of surprise on his respectful face, and ushering the two gentlemen in, carefully shut the door and glided away on his mission. As there was a faint light burning in the hall, they were not left entirely in darkness, a fact for which they were thankful when a few minutes later they heard a faint footfall approach, and beheld sooner than they had expected the slight and elegant form of Miss Aspinwall descending the stairs, clad in a loose gown of flowered silk, but otherwise in the same trim in which Mr. de Gras had observed her early in the evening. Oh, she cried, hurriedly advancing. What has occurred? Mr. de Gras, smiling, pointed to the library, whose door stood invitingly open. May we enter? he asked. She looked first at the artist, then at his companion. The house is not on fire, then, she naively remarked and beckoning to James, who had followed her at a distance, she commanded him to light the lamp on the library table. But the detective, coming forward, observed, I think I would make no extra lights. What we request, if you will pardon the intrusion, madam, is leave to watch this house. I am Mr. Grice of the New York Detective Force, and I have been led to think, from circumstances unnecessary to state at this moment, that one of your guests runs some danger tonight from an unscrupulous man who has, or thinks he has, a motive for her death. If, therefore, you do not object to my guardianship, I should like to play the part of her protector, a part which, as this gentleman here will tell you, 
is no new one for me to assume. Ah, and this guest. She only needed one look at Mr. DeGraw to know who it was. Is Miss Rogers, no doubt? Yes, madam, a lady whom I have not seen, but who claims my interest from her name and the peril in which she stands. And does she share your fears? Pursued the lady, with a side glance at Mr. DeGraw, full of sympathetic feeling. I think not, responded the latter eagerly. Nor are my fears just what they were a few hours ago, Miss Aspinwall. Then I doubted Mr. DeGraw's design.